Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose is focused on educating, empowering, and investing in women to support them with harnessing an entrepreneurial mindset to create the change in the world for the greater good. Through this series, we connect with women from all across New Zealand to inspire, teach, and share their pearls of wisdom through storytelling and sharing. I'm Catherine Vandermeulen, the founder of Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. Welcome back to Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. This morning, we're joined by Jennifer Bogus, the CEO and co-founder of Hey Lala Vanilla. Good morning. Morning, Catherine. Thanks so much for including me in your wonderful uh, community of women. It was so wonderful to originally connect with you last year. Um, I had no idea uh, of the depths and layers of a um, a vanilla business, nor had I ever spoken to you. I remember saying I've never spoken to someone uh, who heads up a vanilla business. So I was excited to unpack your hero's journey for the Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose community. So I would love for you to share who is Jennifer? Uh, well, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Hey La La Vanilla, as you've heard. Um, I'm a qualified, I started my working life as a qualified accountant, which I kind of just fell into after um, going to uni and um, was always sort of looking a bit, looking for more from life, really, a reason to get out of bed in the morning. So that's sort of what led me to Hey La La Vanilla. And so tell me about your original call to adventure to joining your family uh, in the business. So, yeah, like I mentioned, I was sort of looking for something. Um, and at the similar sort of time frame, um, myself and my husband and young family had moved to Tauranga from Auckland. My husband had sold his software company and we were sort of looking for our next chapter in life. And I got a job in Tauranga for an, as an accountant in the timber and transport industry. So you can imagine it wasn't that um, enthralling. And at the same time, my father had gone to Tonga and we'd gone up there to celebrate a significant birthday. He'd taken his boat up there and had fallen in love with the people in the place. And then a cyclone went through and um, he went back to help them sort of get back on their feet and realised that there wasn't any sustainable employment or livelihoods. And the head of the village said to him, you know, what can we do to create um, something that's going to provide, you know, intergenerational employment for my family and wider community. And dad was a retired dairy farmer at the time. And he... Um, Looked around, and a long story short, he decided on vanilla. Had to be something that wasn't perishable, that wasn't reliable, you know, didn't need to have to have reliable, regular freight. Um, vanilla had grown there on the past. He went to Madagascar, Reunion Island, Costa Rica, Tahiti, learned about vanilla, came back and planted a uh, vanilla plantation. And at the time, I was still an accountant and was paying kind of an active interest in what he was doing. Uh, and um, fast forward to 2005, and we went up there to, um, on a sort of annual holiday as a family, and he passed me 45 kilos of vanilla beans and said, well, we need to do something with this because we've started something here. We can't <laughs> just, um, you know, let it go. Um, and then myself and my husband and daughters went on a bit of a road trip in the States, and we looked at vanilla and... I thought it looked boring, medicine bodily, um, and there wasn't, at the time, it was just the start of the sort of 
um, you know, the master chefs and the food cooking on TV. And, and yeah, we decided to start a vanilla brand that was really true to um, the origins and, you know, was going to tell a story about where it came from and as well as impacting the, the community. So can you share a bit about the story of the origins and, you know, the people and the place uh, and where, where, that it, where it comes from? So it's Tonga and it's the Northern Islands of Tonga. It's Vavau. Um, vanilla grows 20 degrees either side of the equator. Um, so Vavau uh, was a perfect environment for growing um, vanilla. And the other thing about it is that it's highly labour intensive. So it's great for providing employment um, for communities and um, it's also a wonderful thing for women in particular because it's not physically demanding. It's something they can fit in around their family um, while the children are at school. Um, it's a great community builder for women because they're all um, together, um, gossiping, laughing. Um, it's quite a refreshing kind of environment to be in when they're either hand pollinating or harvesting, the two sort of busy times in the, in the vanilla growing annual cycle mm, wow yeah. and so I'm sure on the road to achieving your goals and the impact that you have with your business there have been a number of trials and tribulations would mm. you be open to sharing some of those <laughs> sure and um, the team at work joke often that oh you should add that to your chapter in your book that you're going to write one day um, because there has been many and I think possibly more um, I mean I don't know and sometimes it feels like there's been more than what would be <laughs> typical in building a business because it's it's over two countries two cultures um, it's a niche premium product that's sold into sort of multiple markets and channels and on top of that it's also um, you know its origins are an agricultural product so you've got all the um, volatility of an agricultural supply chain um, I think the, the, the main challenge really has been balancing um, the purpose of, you know, cr creating um, and, and empowering communities in Tonga with financial goals to be a sustainable business that can, you know, continue to, to realise that, that purpose. Um, we've had to raise capital along the way. Um, so it's, you know, been about attracting investors that believe in the purpose and the journey. Um, you know, we're not a, a fast-growing tech company, so it's kind of a different investment. Um, and we've had some, you know, people, uh, we've had to build a board, um, and currently we've got a really great board um, who are really engaged and have got, you know, lots of experience, and um, as they often say to me, they've drunk the Kool-Aid, so they're completely, kind of, you know, on board Um as in, they came to Tonga last year, and we spent um, five days up there as a, as a, you know, as a team. Um, so I would say building, you know, a team of people that are kind of your that are positive has been, um, and, and on board with the journey has been a bit of a, taken a while mm -hmm. to get that. Um, balancing the cultural differences between Tonga and New Zealand. Um, so we do have two teams in two countries, obviously, and, you know, both with very different um, cultures. We try and um, have someone from New Zealand team go to Tonga and vice versa. Obviously, at the moment, that's a bit hard. But um, most of the Tonga team have been to New Zealand at some stage and most of the NZ team have been to Tonga. Um, 
And yeah, like I said, it is incredibly complex with a very volatile um, supply chain. Hmm. So you mentioned before about balancing out what the true and core purpose is of the organisation. What does the word purpose mean to you? Um, to me, it is my my why. The C, uh, Simon Sinek, the Golden Circle. It's it's what gets me out of bed in the morning. Um, it what it's what keeps me going on a tough day. Um, one of our directors took myself and our GM of sales and marketing through a workshop on our on our why, you know, the golden circle a couple of years ago. And I, when we kind of got it, I actually got really um, emotional and I was crying. <laughs> and um, she was like, oh, we've nailed it. <laughs> it's so mm-hmm. real and genuine. Um, yeah, it started as a family business to, you know, as a re- genuine um activity to to help a community in Tonga and it's just it's growing from there so um and that, that authentic reason for being yes true authentic yeah. reason for being yeah mm. and so I'm sure there have been some things that you have learnt about yourself uh and about uh the business along the journey what have been some of those key learnings for you um well, as people say, it takes it. What is that? It takes a lot longer, and it's a lot harder than you ever going to anticipate. And, and that is true. Um, I think um, getting people around you as quickly as you can, because you can't do it all on your own. Um, and I'm really um, fortunate to have a great team of people around me. But I mean, that that took some time, and we had a few kind of speed bubbles along the way, but. Um, you know, now we have a really loyal, um, committed team. Um, and I just think you need lots of resilience um, and to not lose yourself <laughs> in the hot because it does become all-consuming and it becomes, you know, your life and um, it's very easy to let it kind of overtake and you forget that, you know, you are also a, a wife and a mother and a, a friend. <laughs> Yeah, I've um, obviously come from a family business background and know the words all-consuming all too well. And I've certainly learnt my lessons over the years um, as I've, you know, got my own business now uh, to ensure that it doesn't really take over my life. Um, Thinking from a personal perspective now, I'd love if you could share, you know, in that time of being all-consumed by a business, do you take that time for yourself? You know, are there things that you do for yourself in a daily routine or uh, rituals that you do that keep you in balance? Um, Yes, and I have become a lot more self-aware, particularly in the last kind of three to five years. I think initially it was just, you know, pedal to the metal. Um, And then I, you know, I did become kind of, because you never want to be that person that can't bounce into the office and (laughs) you know you don't want to feel like you're dragging yourself through the day um so I do I you know pre hey la la I did yoga so I came back to yoga um recently I have changed yoga to pilates so I try and do that like three times a week and it's you know in a class Mm. environment so it makes me go somewhere and takes me away from um yeah the home's or, or the office, um, because home can also become very, you know, work <laughs> focused as well. Um, 
I also try and meditate um, in my own way, sort of five times a week, particularly, you know, Monday to Friday. Uh, and then a couple of years ago, my husband and I, we built what we call our hideaway hut, um, which is, you know, a place down at Lake Taupo. And it's surrounded by, we look out over a river. Um, the lake's obviously right there, mountains, you know, bush. Um, and we try and get there every second weekend. And um, as soon as we um, have been in the car for about 10 minutes, we're like, right, no more talking about work. <laughs> um, and you know, over lockdown, obviously, we couldn't get there. And it, it did take a toll because when we went back there for the first time, it was like, oh, wow, you know, you realize mm. how how much you need that um, that downtime and that, yeah, connection back to, to nature and just being a bit by yourself and being more reflective. Mm. We've certainly been taking – uh, more time over our weekends to go adventuring and really I've been reading this wonderful book called Stillness is the Key and part of that uh, book one of the chapters is this concept called forest bathing and it's not literally bathing in water in a forest but actually getting into the depths of greenery and a forest and a dense forest to really re-energize you mm. uh, and it's incredible you know the days that we have spent out in nature how amazing we do feel and it is that constant reminder Mm. you know we are out in a rural community and we are surrounded by the wilderness but do we actually ever really adventure out into it probably not as much as we should so it's actually about taking those journeys and going and doing those things Um, and being really present I think when you when you're doing it is is the other thing it's wonderful because you your phone doesn't have any service generally in those kind of areas (laughs) so you have to be completely present you can't be doing emails as you're walking down uh down through the Marlborough Sounds uh, because otherwise you might trip over a route or something (laughs) uh certainly going off topic there um but great to hear you know about the hideaway hut I think that's a wonderful thing you know that time to spend um you know in that time of reflection and doing those things that you really love and connecting Mm. with nature so in the time you know that we have had um formally known i'll call it as covid how did that allow you to create new opportunities in your business um well it it, when it hurt you know we initially thought it was it's going to be quite um you know, have quite a negative impact, I suppose, on our business because a third of our business is food service, which is chefs and restaurants in New Zealand, Australia and the US. And obviously within, you know, a week, basically that market had gone. Um, We also, at the time, were thinking about our community in Tonga and they were also quite sort of um, afraid, I think, because, you know, they're obviously, you know, reading what's going on globally um, and asked us to send them up some hand sanitizer and masks and we quickly realized there wasn't any hand sanitizer to send that to send them and then we also realized that we had the ingredients in the facilities to produce hand sanitizer Hmm. so we quickly produced some hand sanitizer and sent it to Tonga to the hospitals in our community and then um, within sort of 24 hours we had designed a label got a bottle um, and had it photographed um, put it on our website and we launched um, a hand sanitizer with a vanilla scent and um, 
that also had the effect of um, people coming, to, new customers coming to our website. And also um, when that, those new customers came, they also thought, oh, well, I'll buy some vanilla for my baking while I'm at home. So that was sort of a pivot. And it's, and it's led us, you know, along through the last sort of 10 weeks, um, you know, how, how our business is going to change post all of this, because it, it will, um, and how and reflecting basically in how we can, you know, um, adjust, be agile and pivot to um, new, new markets, new customers, new channels um, going forward. And that's such a key and fundamental aspect, you know, being able to use the things that you have, uh, you know, in terms of the factory and the resources, but obviously designing a product that is reflective of the needs of the world. And I think a lot of organisations do need to think about that now is that we can no longer be creating products that the world doesn't need, that we need to ensure that our products and services are directly reflective of what people and communities need so that, you know, their organisation can also survive. So mm. well done on being able to see that as, a, as an opportunity and also using what you already had to create um, a new product. So in terms of your impact over the next 12 months, what will be your focus for impact? Uh, well, it doesn't really change from what, you know, our core is at the moment, which is empowering agricultural communities in Tonga. Um, we planted 100 acres of vanilla in Vivau uh, a couple of years ago, and that'll be coming on stream in 12 to 18 months. And, you know, that was a significant investment. But the thing that um, in terms of impact that it is going to provide is employment for the local community. So that's super exciting. And obviously, as we adjust our business going forward, we're quite excited about this, you know, hand sanitizer pivot and the journey that it's leading us on um, and that it will, um, you know, enable us to basically provide even more impact in, in Tonga. Um, yeah. So it just remains, you know, that we're staying true to who we are in spite of the sort of uncertainty ahead. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Does that answer your question? It does. Mm. Um, and so what would be your call for action from the Entrepreneur Women with Purpose community of something that you are truly passionate about that you would like them to, you know, run with or consider more or... Um, be aware of something that you are interested in? Uh, I think in times of uncertainty, it's, you know, it's even more important to have purpose at your core, to be your sort of guiding North Star, if you like, um, because, you know, you always have to come back and, like I said, you know, in tough days, it's what guides me. Um, and I think in these uncertain times, and there's, there's no doubt ahead that it's going to be, you know, uncertain times, um, that, yeah, that you, you do need a purpose at the core of, of, of who you are and what you're doing and why you're doing it. And you need to, to check in on that. And what would be a few actions from your perspective of the things that you've done towards achieving or working on your purpose, what would be a few tangible actions that people could take from this to go and support them uh, on finding that purpose and connecting to that purpose? Yeah, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Because I, you know, 15 years ago, I was struggling to <laughs> find my purpose and did all sorts of 
you know exercises and things and then it, it was just something that came to me and I it really made me realize that um you know you can't fake it you can't just make it up um it has to be true to who you are and your personal values and you know it has to be something that's real and genuine uh to you to especially to stack up in times of uncertainty so I don't know if there is a key action in in um having a a purpose but I, th- I think maybe just being really aware um mm. of what it is that is your is your purpose if it is you know both your your personal purpose and um you know your business purpose um and I think you are, mentioned before about the values I think yeah. that's a really great place to start because what is you know what is at the core of who you are both personally and professionally what are the things that are important to you and what do you value and then that automatically comes from a, a really authentic place. Mm. And I, you know, we did um, an exercise in the business a couple of years ago when we were sort of redefining all our purpose, articulating our purpose, and you know, also looked at our values. And then recent recent times, um, in the last couple of months, I've relooked at my personal values, and it's it's amazing how closely aligned they are. Um, mm. And what sort of my dri- personal drivers are. Yeah, there's been a few times um, in back in February when the kids went back to school and also post-COVID when the kids went back to school that I took some time off to reconnect to the purpose of entrepreneurial women with purpose to make sure that I was still on track, that I hadn't got so lost in mm. the facilitation and the activation and getting things, you know, running the business that I had potentially forgotten about what the true core purpose was and I was really excited that in both times that I took that time off that they the purpose was still as it was you know at the core which was around education it was around empowerment and it was around investment towards women in New Zealand and the Pacific so it's nice when you don't get too far off track because sometimes I think we can steer in lots of different directions that uh, we need to get back to what that root and true reason for being is. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, especially at times like this. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for sharing your world and your hero's journey with entrepreneurial women with purpose. Have a wonderful day. Thanks a lot, Catherine. Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose is proudly sponsored by Hello World Travel, Jaguar, Rind and Dilma Tea, with all of our profit contributed to UN Women Aotearoa New Zealand towards women's economic empowerment into the Pacific Islands. Mm-hmm.